Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast. In today's episode, you're going to learn how to never fall into another sales slump ever again. Now, joining me today is Carl Paulson. Carl, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I have two rescue dogs that I'm utterly obsessed with. And with this weather we've been having in Minnesota, I've been able to take them on so many walks, so many hikes. It has been fantastic. On a side note, and this is, this is completely random, I was on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and I saw that Blockbuster had its first tweet since like 2014 and it brought back so many memories. <sighs> remember Blockbuster, David? Oh, I remember Blockbuster back in the day. That was where you went to uh, rent movies. Oh yeah. I can remember uh, going in there on Friday night and trying to find a movie. Yeah, boy, I haven't heard about Blockbuster in gosh, years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they really, uh, man, they sales slumped their way right out of business. And, and speaking of sales slumps, David, simply put, they're, they're the worst. They come out of nowhere. They can be so difficult to overcome. Luckily for our listeners, you have a way to make sure that salespeople never fall into a sales slump in the first place. But before we dive into that, I wanted to ask you, why are sales slumps so difficult to overcome in the first place? Yeah, sales slumps are really challenging and it's very common for salespeople to go in them at some point in their career or often multiple times. And they often, they're really tricky because they usually don't happen in a day. They usually happen over a series of weeks or even months where you'll just do little things differently or the market changes where you just slowly kind of fall into an unproductive behaviors. And oftentimes what I find is salespeople don't even realize when they get into a slump, how they got there. They, they rarely are saying, okay, I know where, what it is. Cause if they knew what it is that causing the slump, well, they would have fixed it a while ago, right? So they wouldn't be in the slump. And so sales slumps are problematic. Not only because you're obviously in a slump, you're not selling as much as you could or should be, but also it's very easy then when you're in a, a sales slump to get negative in your mindset. And that is always a problem, right? So you begin to get this negative um, emotional state, this negative frame of mind, and then it becomes that, that mindset makes it even harder to get out of that sales slump. So these things are, are very challenging. But the good news is you don't have to go in them. You don't have to experience a sales slump anymore. In fact, we're going to talk about today, Carl, um, something that is so powerful because not only will it keep you from going into a sales slump, but when you use this strategy, it'll help you consistently get better. So it won't just keep you where you are and make sure you never go down, but it'll help you get better and better and better day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. It is incredibly powerful when it's done correctly. I like the sound of that. And I know I've fallen into sales slumps once or twice in the past, and I always thought I could simply outwork them. You know, I'll give up sleep and I'll just work 24-7 in hopes that it's going to get me over this, this sales slump. 
Well, A, does not work, by the way. Uh, quick tip there. And in fact, it makes it worse. And maybe it's because we live in Minnesota, the state of hockey, but I got to make at least one hockey comparison here. It's, it's kind of like I'm one of those hockey players who's scoring all these goals, and then one day, all of a sudden, they can't score to save their life. And when they're on the ice, they're gripping their stick too tight, and, and they're trying to outwork themselves, and it's making it even worse, just like a sales slump. Trying to outwork it can make it worse. So, David, tell me, how can we avoid sales slumps in the first place? Yeah. And you're spot on. The key there isn't trying to work harder. It's trying to work smarter. You cannot work a sales slump. You have to figure out why it's happening. And that's what this strategy will do. So what I strongly recommend doing, even if you're not in a slump today, and hopefully if you're listening to this or watching this, you are not, uh, (laughs) but you want to do what we call win-loss analysis. Now, uh, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard of win-loss analysis before. Um, and before you dismiss that, hang with me because we're going to show you a different way you've probably never heard of doing them because win-loss analysis are the most powerful way I know of to make sure you never go into a slump. But all win-loss analysis are not equal. There are good ones and there are bad ones, and I'm going to show you a great one today that'll be a game changer for the rest of your career. So real quickly, what is a win-loss analysis? win-loss analysis is after every one or lost sale, I evaluate why I won the sale so I can say, okay, what did I do well there? How can I, what really resonated with my client? Um, so I can get that reinforcement, that feedback. So keep on doing those things, but also look at, you know, even if I want a sale, no sale is ever perfect, right? There's always things all of us can do better, you, me, and everyone else. And so what is one or two things that I could have improved on, even though I won the sale? So one sales, you can get a lot of good data from, but when you lose a sale, you should also be doing this too. Why did I lose that sale? And the question is, how do you do a win-loss analysis? Because it's not enough just to ask those questions because you may say, well, I don't know, where a lot of times reps will always point to the money and say they didn't have budget, they didn't have the funding right? They blame everything on money. So how do I get an accurate win-loss analysis? Because it's not just doing one. It's how accurate is it? And for that, the best way to do a win-loss analysis is to use the groundbreaking framework of the six whys. Now, for those of you who have read The Science of Selling, you know what the six whys are. Uh, If you've taken advantage of our virtual sales training or any Mm -hmm. of our training, you've probably run into them as well. But if not, let me give those of you who are familiar a quick reminder, those of you who haven't experienced the power of the six whys yet, let me share with you what they are. These are based on over a six-year of research uh, that I and uh, did looking at all the science, behavioral science, cognitive psychology, um, some social neuroscience, even some behavioral economics, and looking at how our brains form choices. And it was through commitments. So we did a six-year research study on what commitments matter the most. And what we found was uh, transformative. And it's that there are certain commitments that are literally the building blocks of the sale. And we call them the six whys. These are six questions, each beginning with the word why, that represent the mental steps our brains go through when forming a buying decision. So I'll run through them real quickly for you, and then we'll talk about how do we use these 
want a win-loss analysis. So the first one is really the foundational one, which is why change? Why should someone change? This is the most important why to answer because until a potential client sees the need to consider change, they'll always view you as irrelevant. Second, why now? Third, why your industry solution? By that, I mean, why can't I design a solution myself or go outside of your entire industry, right? Because oftentimes, if clients can, they will, or at least will consider it. Fourth is why you and your company. Fifth, why your product or service. And then the last one is why spend the money, meaning there's a lot of ways I can invest my funds. Why should I invest it in what you're offering, your solution, versus many other things that we need in our business? Why should I do that? And so those six questions, though they seem innocent, are anything but, because they are incredibly powerful, because we found when all six of those are answered, the sale almost always occurs. Meaning, when I can get a commitment from a potential client regarding those six questions, the sale is almost inevitable. And if one of those they won't commit to, the sale never happens. We could talk about the six whys all day, and Carl, trust me, I have at times, <laughs> but I'm not going to today because I want to apply it to the um, win-loss analysis. So what you do is you take those six whys, right, those questions, and you use them as the framework for your win-loss analysis. You say, okay, why did I lose the sale? And you don't just try to guess at the answer. You say, which of those six whys did I not get a commitment to, for example? And you can do the opposite as well. Okay, which of those six whys was I able to get a commitment to? And what you're going to find in a very short period of time is there are one or two of those whys that are costing you the majority of your sales. Mm. Why that matters is once you know what those are, for let's say, for example, um, it's uh, why number four. You go, man, looking at my last uh, 10 lost sales, boy, seven of them, I never got a commitment to why number four, why you and your company. So what does that tell me? Okay, David, I need to go and strengthen that part of my sales process. And I can collaborate with colleagues and go, what are you doing? How are you addressing this why? Right? And say, okay, now I, how can I strengthen that part of my process, get a commitment to it? And when you, when you focus on whatever why is costing you sales, 100% of the time, sales go up. If you address it accurately and compellingly, sales always go up. But with this win-loss analysis using the six whys, when you, when you operate every one or lost sale by using the framework of the whys, looking for gaps, where are my weakest, which are the whys, and then I attack and address that part of my process, strengthen it. Basically, you don't go into slumps because as soon as you start to veer off course, you use that framework and you're like, whoops, I see what I'm doing. And now you pull yourself right back. So you be able to accurately diagnose why you're winning and why you're losing. And that's the problem with most win-loss analysis. Why salespeople don't like them? Because they're not accurate. They say, why did I lose the sale? I don't know, right? And the sales manager, well, maybe it's because of this. And you're like, okay, I'll work on that. Well, you never really know. With the six whys, you have a framework that is backed by science, it actually works, and it gives you tremendous insight to make sure you not only don't go into a slump, but you get better. And I want to talk about that uh, in a minute too, Carl, but um, I know you have done a little bit with win-loss analysis mm -hmm. too. Give me, some, give me some of your thoughts. 
So I love how systematic this process is. It's systematic, it's authentic, it's scientific, and it works. I can tell you it works because we're about to go through one right now. It has changed the way that I approach sales. And what's great about it is in an industry where you face so much rejection on a daily basis, there's a way with a win-loss analysis that you get a win out of a loss. Now, if you can do that as a salesperson, I think you already have a step up. But let's 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 dive into one. You know, let's uh, let's do a win-loss analysis right now. Yeah, let's go through one. I think I want to. I love what you just said there of how you can take a a loss and turn it into a win. And that's the (laughs) big thing about win-loss analysis is I think people salespeople need to get greedy when you lose a sale. You need to say, I want to get something out of that lost sale, right? I'm not getting a commission check. I didn't earn the sale, but I want to get something. I want to know why. I always, so the rule you need to always have is when I win or lose, I always must know why. And this win-loss analysis allows you to do that. One big thing too that I think is important is I mentioned how it can make you stronger, a win-loss analysis like we're going to demonstrate in just a minute. Um, it actually can make you what we call anti-fragile. What is that, that term, anti-fragile? It comes from a, a best-selling author uh, who wrote a book called Anti-Fragile, uh, Nassim Talib, and he talks about anti-fragile, uh, anti-fragility as uh, when, when stressors happen, when things happen to something, it gets stronger. So for example, there is fragile, right? Like a glass would be fragile. When you drop it, it cracks, it's gone, it's fragile. Um, robust or resilient. That is where something bounces back to where it was before the stressors. A good example of this uh, would be like Rocky, right? Rocky, I love Rocky movies. Rocky is, um, yeah, he keeps coming, right? You punch him, you knock him down, gets back up. And that's why we love Rocky. He's got that heart. But anti-fragile is even better than that because anti-fragile gets stronger from stressors. A good example of this would be a workout, right? So if you go work out your biceps, you go to the gym and you, you do some curls, if your arms were fragile, you would permanently damage your biceps by working them out. If they were just robust, they would just get back to the same strength you were before the workout. But your, your biceps are not robust and they're not fragile, they're anti-fragile. When you work them out hard, you break down those muscle fibers and they grow back stronger. So they get better because of stressors being put on them because of that intense workout you went through. That's anti-fragile. They get better. And that's what we can become as salespeople when we do these win-loss analysis. You don't just stay where you are. You get better. And that makes you literally bulletproof to slumps. So Carl, let's jump into that win-loss yeah. analysis. Let's, let's talk through uh, what that actually looks like. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so thinking of a sale that I lost recently. Let's see. And this, which, why? So a couple of weeks ago, I lost a sale. And looking back, the client ended up sticking with what they're currently doing. So I would say that why number one, why change was the why that I struggled with, with this client. Okay. So very good. And that's a big one too. A lot of times when people don't, buy from us or whoever, you know, whenever you're selling, they often don't buy from anyone. The biggest competitor that we have is nothing, 
they call it the status quo bias, which is doing what they're currently doing, which is not using your product or service. So Carl, when you think back over that sale, Mm -hmm. what is, you didn't get to come into that why change, which is really Mm -hmm. that foundational why, what is something you could have done to, to make it more likely you would have got a commitment? What could you have done? You know, I, I probably could have helped the client see the cost of not moving forward with us. I, I could have done a better job at that. How would you have done that? Walk me through that. So let's, what would that have sounded like if you could go back in time and redo it? Man, if I could go back in time and redo that, I'd love it. Um, but I think that it, it would look something like, you know, I could have asked some questions to, to quantify the cost of not moving forward with us. I could have asked a, a line of questions like, you know, how, and I'm talking to the client here, um, how many deals do you feel you've lost in the last month because of not having a strong sales follow-up process in place, which is something that they were they were struggling with? And once I got that information, I'd ask, how much is your average sale? Just a ballpark, just get an estimate. Then I'd quickly do the calculations and I, I'd really um, see how much the client is losing a month on sales on average and ask a question to the client that confirms that, this sales follow-up problem that they're experiencing is costing them X amount of dollars a month. You know, something, something like, so it sounds like, you know, this problem is an X amount of dollars problem, correct? And get their commitment, get their buy-in, get their agreement to, to see exactly the cost of this problem. Probably something like that. That sounds really good. <laughs> no, I think that would be making that compelling case for change. Like, why should I take the risk of change? And that is a great way to do it by making that strong business case using their own words. Because obviously they're, they're somewhat curious about change when they're talking to us, but getting them to say, okay, wow, based on, yeah, those numbers, I really do need to, to do something. Because I think you bring up a really good point. Oftentimes, you know, the pushback could be, well, don't they even know when they already know that? Not usually, because a lot of times when people are in a problem, it's hard to really see it accurately. They often need uh, someone like a salesperson to come along and help them frame things in a way to help them see what they're experiencing accurately, because they're in the problem and we're outside of it and we're going to have a little different perspective. And if we ask questions like that and really help them quantify what that problem is costing them, I I would agree. I think that would that could be a game changer. And that alone could have um, prompted them to say, okay, this is something I really do need to address. The status quo is just too expensive. So I need to make a change. And now that's a big, that's a big step forward for them to consider us as that change. Right. And I know that one thing that I've learned and really ingrained working with you is you know, using those, the, the part of the reason I was able to come up with that question line was a first, second, and third level questions. Uh, I got to give another shout out to the book, The Science of Selling, because that's where you also learn to ask those high value questions. But I think that, uh, like you said, um, when you ask those questions and get those commitments and verbalize them and have have the client verbalize them back with you, you're absolutely right. A lot of times, this numbers never come up in the client's mind. This is the first time they're really putting a number, a specific, you know, uh, uh, amount of dollars to this problem. And that's a really impactful thing. Like you said, you need to get greedy here. So if, if they're not going to, to buy from me and, and 
you know, I, I need to at least get better with the sales process and, and really be able to conduct this win loss analysis. And, you know, I, I know that we ended up pushing back this recording, um, a couple of weeks, which gave us the chance to actually put into practice this win loss analysis with a live client. And even better, you were on the call too. And on the call, I identified that why change was a key that we had to address in order to be able to get the sale. And because of the win-loss analysis that we had gone through while kind of practicing for, for this recording that you took me through, I was able to really easily and more importantly, successfully ask the client the right questions to help them quantify the cost of not moving forward with us and quantify the benefits of moving forward with us. And not only I remember the client saying, not to uh, toot my own horn, but not only did the client say, wow, that great line of questions, most importantly, within three days, we closed the sale. And that's because we conducted a win-loss analysis that I knew how to actually implement it. I loved it. Yeah, it's a great example because you you took what you learned in the win-loss analysis and you you used it the next time you had a chance, which was only, I think, a couple of days after that. And that line of questioning um, it made a, a noticeable difference. And so I think, I think the win-loss analysis not only helps us, I should say, which I think we've made that case, but it also helps our potential clients. Because I know our product, what we offer our training is a game changer. Leveraging science in the sales process mm-hmm. is uh, just a whole new way of looking at selling. But I'm sure many of our listeners feel that same way about what they sell, their product or service. Mm-hmm. And the more you can understand why you're not able to compellingly sell that. And the more you can make improvements in those specific areas and that win-loss analysis with the six whys will give you that accurate information and those insights, the more people you can help. So the win-loss analysis helps you serve more people effectively. And I know that's at the heart of many of those uh, that we work with and in the profession of sales in general is we really want to help people. And we find that selling is a very meaningful way to do that by offering them our product and service. And the win-loss analysis helps you do that more effectively. And so you can really influence more people. And not only you become more successful, but you help your clients become more successful through your product and service. You help your clients. You help you. There's no reason everyone shouldn't be conducting win-loss analysis. And and always, as always, David, this is amazing stuff. And it's always great talking with you because I feel like each time I leave a conversation with you, I'm leaving the conversation a better salesperson. An assignment for listeners this week is to go and conduct a win-loss analysis on your own and make sure not to exclude a win if you had one, um, because those can be just as impactful. And send an email to contact at hoffeldgroup.com. That's contact at hoffeldgroup.com. H-O-F-F-E-L-D group.com describing how you conducted the exercise and what your outcomes were. And even better, anyone that emails us will be automatically entered in to win a free signed copy of David's best-selling book, The Science of Selling. For more information on science-backed strategies, the latest, most cutting edge, any you know strategies that any salesperson can implement, make sure to visit us at www.halfhealthgroup.com and drop us a note on the contact page. Check out some of our free resources, see what we're up to. And you know, it, it's really an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about us, but more importantly, get, get some free resources and improve your sales. David, until next time, have a great week 
And again, it's always such a pleasure talking with you. My pleasure. Thanks, Carl.